rickety blue jean type of services. I'll say this, open collar. I just want to throw this in real quick. You know what? If a person really believes in God Almighty, and they really believe God has called them to preach and be an ambassador for Him, they're not going to come like they just rolled out from under a car after changing the oil to preach the Word of God. Ambassadors don't dress that way. Amen. It's insulting to me. I'm offended and insulted that preachers would expect me to accept that and appreciate that, maybe emulate it. It's crazy. God is a holy God. He's God on high. He's high and lifted up. And anybody in their right mind is not going to think they're representing God looking like somebody in a, in a band. Amen. Amen. I'll be saying the same thing next time you see me. That's what I believe about it. Now, the Bible says in Jeremiah 10 and in verse 2, Learn not the way of the heathen. Amen. That's why we have to be careful about things like television and cable and all of that and all of the stuff that's out there for our children to learn the ways of the heathen. Now, there's a, there's a culture creep going on in our churches. Compromise. That's what a culture creep is. It creeps in. It, it's the world creeping into the church. I think of it in terms of a backed-up sewer, broken sewer lines out there. And that sewage, that, that filth, is seeping in. It's bad enough when it happens in a, in a home, but when it happens in a church... Hey, I've been to a few church services, traveling around. Brother Mitch and I were talking about it. I went to a church, and it's, I mean, spiritually speaking... You go in there, here's this church advertised, King James, fundamental, independent, on and on and on, and you go, and it looks like, I mean, it was crazy. They're up there, lights flashing, banging away on a keyboard. They're all, they're, they're all fit in the mold, you know, to attract the world and everything. The world's sewage has seeped into churches like that, and any, anybody that goes with any ounce of spirituality has got to hold their nose to sit through it. Amen. The compromise, culture creep. Culture's creeping in to the church. And then there's, there's another thing that causes it, and that is a casualness. Casualness that's not being confronted. In our churches today, we have to confront that culture, culture creep. I, everywhere I've ever pastored, you have to confront it. People are always wanting to push the envelope. Amen. I mean, 30 years ago, my, my daughter will tell you, in the church that I pastored 25 years ago for 14, 15 years, whatever it was, people were always wanting to push the elm. How about this? How about this? Can we do this? No. No, we're not doing that. We've never not done that. We're not bringing it. We don't want it. I was down in Tennessee, and the pastor of the church that was hosting the conference said, said uh, something to this effect. He said, when people join our church, he said, we make it very plain. 
You're joining us. We're not joining you. Amen. No compromise. The reason people get to where they're compromising is because this casual Christianity is not being confronted. Leviticus 6 and 13. Let's see what God thinks about casual worship. He talks about the fire on the altar. And he said, the fire shall be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. Amen. The fire. We need fire in the pulpit. Fire in the pews. Fire at the piano. Amen. God says, I want the fire always burning. Never let it go out. Luke chapter 12 and verse 35, Jesus said to his disciples, Let your loins be girded and your lights burning. There's a good sermon to work on. Girded loins and burning lights. Amen. Amen. If we don't confront this casualness that we're all subject to, we all of us, we, we're, we're prone, we have a propensity, a tendency to want to just kick back and coast along. But we can't afford to do that. Our, our churches will never get so strong and doing so well and everything's operating like a well-oiled machine. We have to be careful because if we become casual, that oil will begin to subside in Jeremiah 9 and 3, Jeremiah talked about a curse upon people who were not valiant for truth. Now, truth is important, amen? And we, have to, we're, we are committed, Jude verse 3, with being uh, contenders for truth. We're stewards of truth. Uh, Mark 12 and verse 30. Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. <laughs> if that's for me, tell them I'm busy. <laughs> well, there's consequences to compromise. This is the most, maybe the most serious part. When we compromise, when preachers compromise, when men compromise, and young people compromise. Here's what it brings. When churches compromise, it brings about two things. Number one, it results in a loss of relationship with God. God is not into compromise, amen? In Amos 3 and 3, he said, How can two walk together except they be agreed? If we, if we want to compromise with this world, we can kiss any good relationship with God goodbye. Amen. In Revelation 3 and 20, here's Jesus at the door. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You know where he's, where he's at? He's at a church. And, and you, you read that, you listen to that, you envision that, and you think, what is he doing on the outside of the, at the door? What's he doing on the outside? He, he's knocking at the door of this worldly church, and if you will straighten up and answer the door, if I could be welcome there, I'll come in. Amen. Jesus said, or, or Paul said, tells us where the Lord said in 2 Corinthians, talk about relationship. He says, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Now listen to this, and I'll be a father unto you. Well, you say, He is our Father. He is our Heavenly Father. 
Did you know you can be somebody's father, but you can have children whose behavior makes it impossible for you to be a father to them? Amen. Amen. Because a good father is not going to compromise with a, a rebel son or daughter and get down and dirty with them. Amen. So the, a result and a consequence is a relationship with God. I mean, he'll be on the outside of the church door. And here's the second consequence, a loss of relevance. You know what's happened to churches in America today? They've pretty much, thank God, not all, but by, by and large, maybe. And I'll just say this, just to narrow it down. Independent Baptist churches have just about lost their relevance in the world. Jesus warned about that. In Matthew chapter 5, he said, let your light so shine. Or he said, you're the salt of the earth. And if the salt has lost its savor, hey, you'll be held in contempt by the world. You'll be fit for nothing but be cast out, trodden under foot. When people compromise, when churches compromise, they lose their savor. And they cease to shine like they ought to shine. Jesus went on and he said, you're the light of the world. Let your light, just two, two letter word, so shine. That's the problem with people today. That's the problem with Christians today. They don't want to so shine. They just want to shine enough to be respectable. Just enough so you might be able to find your way. But Jesus said, let your light so shine. The attitude of maybe the average Baptist today is, how worldly can I be and still get along? Amen. But we're to let our light so shine. Amen. That includes everything we do should be in grace. With grace. We can live separated lives graciously. Amen. We don't have to strut around like a bunch of Pharisees or run around with a ruler measuring women's hem lines and their shirt sleeve lines and the size of their heels. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about letting our light so shine. And it has to so shine before men will notice and see our good works and be led to a saving relationship with the Lord themselves so they will be giving glory to God, which is really the bottom line. It's what it's all about. This is what it's all about. Everything. This is the bottom line. That God get glory. And just to the degree that we're compromising in our individual lives, in our church, in our ministries, God is not going to get the glory that He deserves. Now my time is up in five minutes. I'm glad. Five minutes for the cure, right? (laughs) The cause, the consequence is the cure. The reason, the results, and the remedy. And see, in our text, in these two verses, well, if you just look at verse 10, God is talking to a people who have just compromised themselves terribly, his own people, who knew better, by the way. And here's what God says by way of solution. God says, 
look for the old paths. Ask, ask for the old paths in verse 10. This is what we need, the old paths. We got, we got a lot of new carts today. Now, here's the bad thing. These new carts have been allowed to be around so long, they've made some big, deep ruts. And it is not easy for a church to get those people out of those ruts that new carts have made. So the best thing is to be on the lookout for new carts and keep them out. Amen. New carts in your family, new carts in church, new carts in your ministry. We got to get back to basics. Brother Abel said something about it Sunday. Back to the basics. How about this? How about preaching the word of God and getting back to knocking on doors and soul winning and emphasizing missions? Amen. Now the old is better. It really is. It's becoming my favorite verse, my life verse. <laughs> Every day. Here are people who had been in the... I just want you to see this in verse 10. He says, To whom shall I speak and give warning and that they may hear it? See, the people were indisposed to hearing the Word of God. This is where these compromising people got to. They were indisposed to hearing the Word of God. And the reason they were indisposed to hearing the Word of God, they stayed that way so long, they became incapable of hearing the Word of God. It's right there in verse 10. Behold their ear, he says, it cannot hearken. That's what happens. And, uh, and then the Bible tells us here what happened. The prophet's very forthright in telling them about the punishment that's going to descend on them. Well, there's so, so much here, the, the cure, but let me just jump to the cure. He says, stand in the way and ask for the old paths. Um. That's pretty clear. Here's, here's, the, here's the cure. Here's the solution, the remedy. He says, stand in the way and ask for the old paths. And we're living in a time, Brother Abels, when a lot of people, are, they're going to have to ask because they're not going to be able to, it's not easy to find out what the old paths are anymore. Amen. So they were told to find the old ways, old paths. <laughs> and they were told to I started getting on, this, uh, not get, just in my mind getting on somebody because her phone went off like that, and I noticed it was my phone. I, I was in the pulpit. <laughs> it was doing it. About tore my, my pocket off trying to get to it. It's all right. He said, you're going to have to make some inquiry. You're going to have to put forth some industry. Look for the old paths. And then he said, you're going to have to ask for the old paths. You're going to have to pray and ask God to help you find a church. Help you know the right way. Help you know which way to, direction to take. And follow the old path. He said, walk therein. What a novel idea. Amen. Look for the old paths, ask for the old paths, find them, and walk therein. There's the rub. Right? There's the rub. It's not finding that's so hard. It's the following. Amen. Um, God said, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not hearken. But the fact is, there were some who did. 
And I'm telling you right now, there are lots and lots of people today who are just waiting to get some teaching and preaching on holiness. Because that, when that happens, I'm telling you from my own experience, when that happens, some of the most worldly looking and sounding people in the church, their hearts will go out to it and they will embrace it for the rest of their lives. People want that because when they get saved, they have a new nature, the divine nature. It's a holy nature. That's why Jesus said one of the evidences of real salvation is you will hunger and thirst after righteousness. And churches are full, like the old Scottish preacher said of, of some, he said, the hungry sheep look up and they are not fed. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you for that. All right, let's take about a 10-minute break, and, uh, and then we'll come back uh, and uh, carry on here. Brother Tim Shrope, would you close us just this one section here? Just Would you have a word of prayer with us, and then we'll take about a 10-minute break.